0: Appreciate the prayer. So good to hear y'all singing. I'll say this. I love this church. I love you. I have not seen you in a while. I've not, I have not been in this building in a long time. As a matter of fact, I I had to rediscover where I needed to sit and I, that's not a good feeling. I don't like that, but I've been helping out with five miles some. So that's why we haven't been here. I will say this though, one of, one of the greatest honors of my life was when brother Wayne thought that I was a member here (laughs) because we saw each other on Wednesday nights, every Wednesday night, but it's glad to be, I'm glad to be back and I love you all. If you would turn with me over to Luke 17, uh, now that I've gotten my preliminary statements of love for you out of the way, Uh, Luke 17, I want to go here and talk about something that's been on my mind. I have tried to preach on this before and, uh, some of the canes. I apologize. Uh, I, I tried to preach on this before at Zion last Wednesday night, but I'll, I'll say this: um, I, I have tried to go back and, and to look at messages that are still on my mind that the Lord is still leading. Uh, I've done that before. I don't think there's anything wrong with that if the Lord's still leading, uh, but I, I've never—I've always found this to be the case that. Uh, a message is never the same twice. The Lord is always leading in a different way, and so I hope we can all get something from this. Uh, I want to talk to you about an attitude of gratitude, having an attitude of gratitude. Uh, now, this is something that I've tried to live by over the past week as I, as I preached on it last Wednesday night, and so I tried to practice what I preached. so I'm trying to live by that. And I will say this. It it makes a difference in your life when you have an attitude of gratitude, okay? In a, in a normal day, you're going to have opportunities uh, to not be grateful. <laughs> you're going to have opportunities uh, to allow yourself to begin turning into having a bad mood, to have a bad day. Uh, but uh, having an attitude of gratitude ultimately is a choice that you make, okay? Now, Luke 17 And verse 11, we're going to start there. And it came to pass, as he went to Jerusalem, that he passed through the midst of Samaria and Galilee. And as he entered into a certain village, there met him ten men that were lepers, which stood afar off. And they lifted up their voices and said, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. And when he saw them, he said unto them, Go show yourselves unto the priest. And it came to pass that as they went, They were cleansed. And one of them, when he saw that he was healed, turned back and with a loud voice glorified God and fell down on his face at his feet, giving him thanks, and he was a Samaritan. And Jesus answering said, Were there not ten cleansed? But where are the nine? You see that there were ten people only one of them turned back to give thanks to God. It says, They are not found that return to give glory to God save this stranger. And He said unto him, Arise, go thy way. Thy faith hath made thee whole. Now this is interesting. Because He was already healed, was He not? Jesus heals all ten of these men. And then He says, Go and show yourselves to the priest. Now, the priests are not gonna heal them. Jesus just healed them, okay? Why is, why is Jesus then sending them to the priests? Well, for one, we see this when Jesus encounters another leper. He heals the leper, and then he says, and go and show yourself to the priests and give what was offered under the law. What was, what was happened, what was happening, what had happened was, (laughs) when, when you are deemed to be a leper under the law, you are, you are deemed to be unclean. It is a it is a designation that you bear. Now he he's cleansed by Jesus. These these ten are cleansed by Jesus also, and then Jesus says, "Go and show yourselves to the priest, so that you could be deemed to reenter into society." We understand this a little better now, having gone through COVID, and CDC says you you get it, you got to be in quarantine. It would it would essentially be like you coming back out and a doctor saying you can reenter society. That's what's happening here when Jesus says, go and show yourselves to the priest, okay? There's nothing uh, spiritual or magical or anything about what the priest is going to do. It, it reminds me of what we do in a baptism service. When you are baptized, you're not being born again in the water. You're not, There's not n- n- nothing spiritual about the water. It's not washing away your sins. All it is, is it is a statement that Jesus has already cleansed me Jesus has already healed me. Jesus has already saved me, but I identify with that. It is a designation that you bear when you go down in the water and you come back up. You are saying, I identify as a child of God. That's what's happening when they go and show themselves to the priests. Now, what about this statement that Jesus makes when he says to that one, one out of ten that turned back, and worship God and fell down on His face, He says, Arise, go thy way, thy faith hath made thee whole. You know, there's something more going on here than just the healing of His body. He is getting a blessing out of this that the other nine did not get. His gratitude to God is rewarded in a special way. Jesus Himself says, "Thy faith hath made thee whole." Was it the, Was it His faith that healed this man of of his leprosy? No, it was the power of Christ that healed his leprosy. But but don't don't believe for a second that there aren't benefits and blessings in being grateful before your God. Okay, now. Before you were ever born, we understand this in the covenant of grace. The day that you were born, (laughs) uh, if you're a child of God, you were already uh, represented on the cross with Christ. You were already saved. You already have every single reason in the world to be grateful because of what He did for you in love. Now, everything else here in this life, the bumps and bruises you get, the wind falls, the good things, the bad things, all of this stuff that happens in your life is just a cherry on top. You realize that you already should be praising God and giving him thanks for everything. Right. But but yet, but yet we get healed, we get that thing that we've been praying for, and then how quickly do we forget about it and move on to the next thing on our prayer list? Am I the only one here that's ever done that? I do that all the time. There'll be something that I am just pouring my heart out to God for. And then when He grants it to me, I'll give Him thanks and, and a prayer or two, you know. But then I very quickly move on to the next need, the next want. You know, You would benefit so much. And we're going to look at some verses. But you would benefit so much if you were to surrender yourself. And I'm saying that very carefully because it is a choice that you make to surrender yourself to gratitude. It would make such a difference in your life. Now, I will say this. I got home this afternoon. I was thinking about this today. I wrestle with it, especially because I've tried to preach on it before. I don't ever want to uh, go back to a message as a crutch. I always want to make sure that I'm following the Lord's leading. But I felt like this was the right way to go. I, I, I was coming in from court. I had to run in and get my Bible. I come up on the porch and my dogs greet me. And guess what they do? They jump up on me and their paws are dirty. And it messes up my shirt, messes up my pants. And you know what my very first thought was? Well, I guess I guess there was a split second where my thought was not good. But my, my next thought was I would be the worst hypocrite in the world if I was not still uh, maintaining an attitude of gratitude. So I eat my words, okay? <laughs> I get this. This is tough. But if you if you abide by this, it will change your life. I'm not just trying to be sensational when I say that. This will change your life. All right, first Thessalonians if you would turn with me over there. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5 and verse 16. I want us to get a little something here. And I want to just predicate this for you. Having an attitude of gratitude is not just something that's beneficial to you, okay? It's a commandment. It's a commandment that is given to you. And we read this here in 1 Thessalonians 5 and verse uh Verse 16. It says, Rejoice evermore, pray without ceasing, and everything give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. Wow, he says, giving thanks in everything. Now, obviously, that doesn't mean... That doesn't mean that everything that comes on you is something that God uh, has done. We know that is not scripturally correct. We know that there are things that happen in this world out of the the efforts of Satan and the efforts of men and uh, your own flesh. But nonetheless, still, in everything, you can be grateful to God. All right. Say you're, you're diagnosed with cancer. We don't have to, we don't have to get in here and, 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 in order to have an attitude of gratitude to say, God, thank you for giving me this cancer. That's, that's not what I'm saying. Here's what I am saying is that in the face of that, you can still look to the cross in gratitude. Because that cancer, that, that temporary thing that has a hold on your body, on the body of a loved one, because of the love of God, it has no bearing on your grave. Okay? Now that is, that is something you can be grateful for. Would to God that we could live with heaven in our eyes and the gratitude that God has, has given you a place there out of His love for you. Wouldn't that make it so much better in the midst of your afflictions? Now if you figure that out, let me know. <laughs> if you, if you figure out how to do that perfectly, let us know. You can have a seminar or a course or something. Also notice this. In verse 17, he says, pray without ceasing. Now, have you ever tried to pray the whole day long? It, it, it it's very hard to do and, and, and in some ways it's not very practical. Okay. I don't believe that he is talking about literally praying without ceasing. But here's what I do think it means. You can have an attitude of prayer at all times, okay? You don't have to actively be having a conversation uh with God. Now, when I was uh I think I was in 6th grade or something, I took this very literally. And so I would try to pray as very as much as I possibly can, and that's still a good thing. And I I would also try to uh close my eyes when I prayed, okay? You see where this is going. And so one day I was in the hall in, um, in high school, in, in PA, Pickens Academy. Uh, I round the corner. I misjudged. I had my eyes closed because I was praying to God without ceasing, and I ran into the wall. Praise God, nobody else saw me. <laughs> but that's not what it's talking about, okay? You can have an attitude of prayer in your heart. You know, when, when I have an attitude of prayer, attitude of, of meditating on the Lord's goodness and on His uh, Scriptures, I'm I'm in a state of mind where if the dogs jump up on me, right, I'm not just on the edge of just going crazy ballistic and losing my mind and ruining my day and everybody else's day around me. Pray without ceasing. Be right there. Be right there as if you're, you're in a conversation with, with your Savior, with God, and you can rejoin that conversation at any point in the day. It's very helpful. I also took it very literally when I was playing football, between every single football snap, I, I prayed. I, I said pray without ceasing, so it's hard to pray while you're running the ball or something or, or, you know, getting creamed, but, you know, in between plays, I would pray, so, uh, um, I took that very literally. In some some ways, that can be a bondage, okay? We can get into that later into my psychological issues, okay? Uh, Colossians 3. I told Brother Tim this week I've been around him too much. We're starting to think alike. (laughs) Colossians 3 and verse 15. But you notice... Paul's emphatic language. He's, he's not just, this is not just some great suggestion. He says this is God's will for you. That you give thanks in everything. We read this also in Colossians 3 and verse 15. And let the peace of God rule in your hearts, to the which also you are called in one body, and be ye thankful. I love how it says, and let the peace of God rule in your hearts. Look, there is a peace of God that comes to you. I'm know, I I'm sure that most all of you have felt this before. Where in the midst of affliction, in the midst of some type of uh, circumstance that is contrary to you, the peace of God comes along and you just feel comforted. And it's almost as if the Lord just overwhelms you with His peace. That's not the exact same thing that I'm talking about here. This is a peace that you choose, okay? There's a sense in which you were always, you're always just this close to the God of the universe, the God of all peace, that you can be in His presence at any point you choose. Why is it then that I choose to to sulk? (laughs) I choose to be ungrateful? That I choose to be mad about some situation. Or I choose to be discontent about my life. Always looking for the next thing. Have you ever done that? You're always chasing the next thing. You're always chasing tomorrow's promises. Man, how much of my life have I thrown away in the garbage can of tomorrow's promises? Man, I wish that I could live... And today's blessings. And the blessings of yesterday. And what God has already done for me. And what He's doing for me now. If I could live like that. If you can live like that. You are truly living. If you're living for tomorrow. Then you're just a shell of who you ought to be. Waiting on tomorrow to come. You know. You realize that all we have is today. Tomorrow is just another thing. Today is what we have. Let me continue here. He said, Let the Word of Christ dwell in you richly in all wisdom, teaching and admonishing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing with grace in your hearts to the Lord. And whatsoever ye do, in word or deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God and the Father by Him. What does this mean? He says you are to do everything that you do In the name of the Lord Jesus, you do everything you do as if you're doing it to God and to be thankful. So that, that doesn't mean that everything that I have a, I have a ministry life, we have a church life, and then I have a work life, and I can cut corners in my work life and I can do things that are, uh, that are not glorifying to God. He says no, you do everything that you do. Everything does this convict you? It convicts me. Everything that you do, you do for God. You know, it would be easy if you were to if you were to lie this way, or if you were to uh, give a little fib. Maybe you make a little bit more money if you did this. There's no exception in Scripture for that. We ought to do everything for God, and also be thankful to God. Okay. Let me continue on. Psalm 118, and I don't want to take too much time tonight, so I may cut a few of these Scriptures out. Psalm 118 and verse 24. I know everybody's had a long day. The Lord deserves our time, though, so I don't want to cut Him short. So, Psalm 118 and verse 24. This is the day which the Lord hath made. We will rejoice and be glad in it. Now, I talked about this a little bit Sunday night. There is a sense in which, of course, every day that we have is a gift from God that He has made this world, He's made the beautiful processes of this world. He didn't just make it and sit back, he also upholds it by the word of his power, all of these beautiful processes that you can observe in nature, all of these things, and there's not one uh, there's not one animal that's born, there's not one uh, cell that comes. Uh, that that divides or whatever it is that happens out there, <laughs> that God is not knowledgeable of and is not uh, there with. So there there is very much a, a sense in which every single day that the sun comes up and you get out of your bed, you have been given an opportunity by God. Now I've tried to think about this as I've gotten up over... Uh, The past week or so that I've had this on my mind. And man, I'm telling you, it makes a difference in the outlook of your whole day. When you get up and you feel tired and and you think about all the things that are coming today and maybe you start to even stack on top of that the worries of tomorrow, that's not fair to you, okay? That's not fair to take on tomorrow's burdens today because when you wake up, You were given a gift from your God, from the God of this world. You were given a gift from Him of today. How are you going to use that gift? Are you going to use it pining for tomorrow or worrying about tomorrow? You know what? The Lord may come back today. He may come back tonight. What a waste of time would it be to worry about tomorrow? Now, that doesn't mean, obviously, that you don't plan it doesn't mean that that Brother Tim and I, when we're preparing for a trial, that we don't prepare for tomorrow's work. But you should not be sitting there worrying about everything that's going to come. You should be in the moment giving thanks to God for the opportunity He's given you. But also, I want you to notice this. This verse is not just talking about the, the blessing of today, the blessing of, of, of His creation, there's also a very specific day that he's talking about when that, uh, in verse 22, the stone which the builders refused has become the headstone of the corner. There is, a, there is a day where God who made this world, who made this day that you enjoyed today, there's a, sense in, a day in which He set aside all of that, that the stone that the builders had rejected was the chief stone of the corner of His church as He came and He died on the cross for you. Now, I don't care who you are. I don't care what you're going through. You can always look to that day and give thanks for that day. It doesn't matter how dark your day is. It doesn't matter what's going on with Russia or what's going on with the stock market. It doesn't matter what's going on with COVID. It doesn't matter what's going on because that day happened, right? That day was a real day and your Savior really died for you. Now because of that, I can give thanks no matter what happens. Psalm 107, just a few pages over. I want to share this with you as you're turning there. Having an attitude of gratitude, it changes your outlook. Not only is it, like I said, something good for you, it's also a commandment. that That's how we worship God. We worship God in giving thanks to Him. Think about that leper that came. He fell down on his face and worshiped and gave thanks. That is uh, That is how we worship here. When we are singing songs, we ought to be having a grateful heart as we come to Him singing to Him. But also, this it, science would even show you that there's benefits to uh, having an attitude of gratitude. Okay? There have been studies that show when a, when a participant in this study, I don't know how they did it, they hooked him up to something, you know? It's magic to me, but they hooked him up to something, and as that person, had a, uh attitude, thoughts of gratitude, guess what happened? They began to produce dopamine in their body. Now, that is a neurotransmitter. Uh, Brother Neil could probably speak to this better. But it's a neurotransmitter that God has given to you in your body that sends signals throughout your body. Okay? Now, it, it does a whole lot of things that we won't get into. Motor function and all kind of stuff like that. But one of the main things that dopamine does in your body is that it sends signals of pleasure, of joy. Okay? Now, can you imagine that? (laughs) Can you imagine this? It's almost as if God has given you a drug hardwired into your body. How do you access that? Well, is it is it by... Uh, jumping off a cliff and having this great, uh, rush. Well, I mean, there's other things for that. Yes, the Lord has also, you know, all these other chemicals in your body. But no, it's when you submit yourself in gratitude. Isn't that amazing? It, you know, if we're just, if we're just a bunch of cells that happen to come into being and all we are is these self-serving creatures, And all of our pleasures and all of our wants are all based on gratifying our own desires. Then why is it when we experience gratitude, which is essentially stepping outside of your wants and saying, I have everything I need. Why is it then that you experience this uh, this rush of good feelings? Could it be? Could it be that your God is good and he gives you blessings when you when you follow him in obedience Now Psalm 107 and verse 1 says oh give thanks unto the Lord for he is good amen for his mercy endureth forever We ought to give thanks unto him You know, we can give thanks to him even when you wake up you're tired you don't feel that great because He is, he is good. <laughs> he is God. Regardless of, of whether you feel like you're getting all that you deserve, whether you feel like your pay is high enough, whether you feel like uh, your health is good enough, whatever it is, God deserves all the praise. He deserves all your thanks. Why don't you just try it out, okay? I'm going to issue you a challenge. I'm going to lay down the gauntlet. I challenge you this week, I want to make it real, I'm going to give you some real time constraints. I want to challenge you this week to choose to lay down yourself in gratitude before God. Now you'll get bonus points if you do it in times when you don't want to, okay? Because I tell you, I got up the, I got up the other morning and I was tired, I didn't want to, I really wanted to just sleep just a little bit longer, but I knew that if I did not open the Bible and, and uh, submit myself to Him then, in that you know few-minute time frame that I had, I would never do it again that day. And so it hurt me, but I could hear my own words, <laughs> have an attitude of gratitude, and I chose to study the Word. And man, I'm telling you, it changed my entire trajectory of that day. OK, I'm not saying that to bolster myself. I'm saying I have chosen the other part way more often. But I, I'm, I'm using that as an example of it works. OK, so choose it. I want you to do that for real for me. OK, next time I see you, I want you to tell me that you chose to have an attitude of gratitude. OK, and guess what else? It's contagious, man. It is a contagious thing. Now, if you're the only person in your household and things are going wrong, it's not a, it's not a good morning. Uh, it, it Everything is just falling apart. And you're the only person that chooses to have an attitude of gratitude. Guess what? First time you show that gratitude, everybody is going to look at you with the stink eye. I've been there. Meredith and I have experienced that both ways. But... Keep it up because it will rub off. It is contagious. Psalm 103 and verse uh, verse 2. Turn over there with me real quick. and I'm going to come on through this. Psalm 103 and verse 2 says, Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all His benefits, who forgiveth all thine iniquities. Remember who we're talking about here. We're not, we're not talking about the president. We're not talking about uh, your boss. We're not talking about some great guy. We're talking about the God who has forgiven you of all your sins. Who healeth all thy diseases. Man. You know, I know we all have experienced diseases. We, we've probably all experienced being delivered from diseases. Uh many of us have diseases that unless the Lord intervenes we won't be cured from. Okay? It's a reality that we live in. But listen, that does not make this verse any less true. You realize that there is a day coming. There is a day of finality where all of your diseases will be gone forever. And all the diseases of your loved ones will be gone forever. This is not just some pie-in-the-sky great uh hope that we have that we're just, oh man, I hope that comes true. I believe that. With every fiber of my being, you've got to live with that before your eyes. okay? Because if you get down there in the shadows, the shadows of of the mountains that you've been walking on top of, And you sit there and you buy into the lies that Satan is feeding you. And you believe that you're the only one. You believe that God has forgotten about me. That that nobody recognizes all the stuff that I do for them. Whatever it is. Whatever is your problem that you think you have. And in the echo chambers of your mind, Satan just bounces it around and you believe it. You know what's happening Satan is taking you out of the game and he's putting you on the sidelines. You are of no use to your family, no use to God, when you're sitting there believing all the lies that Satan is feeding you. What do you do? What do you do when all that is coming on you? When all that darkness, when all that doubt, whatever it is when Satan is is reminding you of how bad you are, or maybe you deserve better, you remember this. That you deserve, you deserve to be cast into hell because of your sin. But yet because of the love of God, He has taken that from you. He has placed it on Himself he has borne that for you and now He has elevated you to the, to the position of being a child in His court. Okay? Now, in time, I don't deserve any better. I don't deserve any of the blessings that He gives me. But I can sit there even if I'm in the dirt even if I'm in the mire, I can look up to heaven and see my Father and know that because of His love for me, because of His love for me, you get it? It is a personal thing. It is real. That because of His love, I don't have to believe any of the lies that Satan feeds to me. I pray that you might have an attitude of gratitude this, uh rest of this week. I really can't wait to see you again and to quiz you on it, right? Um, and, in closing, I'll ask you this. I'm going to put it as simple as I possibly can. Do you want to have a happy life or do you want to have a miserable life? Now, you just think long and hard about your answer. Because you're all going to say you want to have a happy life, right? Here's the problem. is that when tomorrow comes, tomorrow morning comes, whatever happens, you you get that first bit of adversity, that first threat to your good mood. And what's going to happen? When the first person cuts you off in traffic, your dogs jump on you with their dirty feet, or like like I did last week, um, I, I, everything was going great. And then I had my coffee in my hands as I'm getting as I'm locking up the door. And then I noticed oh, I've got to feed the dogs. Man, maybe I just need to get rid of the dogs. Right. And then I, I've got to feed the dogs. I notice that they're out of food. And so I try to get down with my coffee in my hands. You see where this is going. And as I as I feed them, I spill the coffee on my tie and on my shirt. Now, that could have been a catalyst to ruin the entire day. Right. And, and many people would say, they would, they would say you would be justified to just allow that to happen. I mean, everybody understands. You spill coffee on yourself, you know, I, I could understand how you would be a little, you know, a little mean the rest of the day. But look, it's not just okay to allow yourself to have that, those kind of privileges. I'm going to be up front with you. I want you To take it on you personally as an act of worship to your God. When those things happen to you. Now watch, it's probably something probably crazy is going to happen to me tomorrow now that I've preached this. (laughs) But I want you and me to choose to submit yourself to God and just see, just, just see if He won't bless you in ways that you have never expected that He would and, and never experienced before. I pray that you might do that.